asked me is like, okay, how important is like your network? How do we do it during the coronavirus where like you can't meet people? And I was like, I always tell people like, you can grow to a certain degree, like totally by yourself sitting in your room, like with a website, you can get by and get some success, but to get the next level success, you need people. So th- there is a cap on how much you can, and when we, when I, and I'm not talking about you need a co-founder. You could do it, quote unquote, alone, but you will need to tap into relationships. What's going on, my friend? How are you today, man? Another another episode. We are winding down the the end of the year is coming, man. It's, it's crazy. Just uh, I say this almost every year, but this year I think is an exception, man. It just flew by, dude. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, summer went by like an instant, especially with corona you know going crazy uh there's there's nothing to do all summer so yeah this this year is going crazy fast yeah yeah dude uh it's what a crazy year dude um we'll do um we'll do a year in review obviously as we get closer to to the end of the year we are still in november we're right before thanksgiving depending on when people listen to this um and there's a lot going on man um i just did did want to touch on a couple of things i got i got a message uh, before going into long, i got a couple of messages actually from people asking me, you know, one of the things we do on the show, the truth bomb and some of the stuff I've I've talked about was, you know, all this stuff like mainstream media, the news, all this shit. What does it matter? At the end of the day, you just got to take care of yourself and put yourself, you know, just be hundred percent focused on your own business and what you're doing. Like, what does it matter focusing on the election and like votes and all this stuff? Like who really gives a shit? Like why even spend time on it? Yeah. So before we go into like today's truth bombs, I, I did want to address that because we've spent a little bit of time on this on this on the show. So I wanted to kind of provide an answer like why we think it's important to just cover like what's going on with like the fraud and the election, like why why even bother, like what does it matter? Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to start with getting your take on it quickly. <clears throat> why do you yeah. think we should cover it in the first place? Yeah, it's funny that you you bring this up because I had this conversation with one of my best friends uh, a couple of days ago, and he doesn't really care about politics at all, and um, I've never really been super hardcore about it until this year. Um, and you know, our whole, my whole, like, I guess thought about the fraud and, and how this election has gone down is that it, regardless of who wins, like at the end of the day, I really don't care. Like, yes, I want, uh, Trump to win, but if he doesn't, I'm going to move on with my life. But the whole issue that I have is the, you know, wide scale fraud um, or accusations of this. And it, it it's much deeper than just, you know, Republicans or Democrats. It comes down to, you know, people are purposely trying to change the outcome of our country. And like, that is way bigger than, than any side. Like, regardless of what side you're on, you should definitely have an issue with that. People could like, it's messing with our freedoms and our rights. And it, it's just much bigger than, you know, whether you're left or right. And that's, that's really my whole thing. Like it needs to be fair, you know, regardless of who wins. And I just don't think uh, how it went down this year is, you know, it's it's disgusting. It really is. Yeah, I mean, and and I guess that's that's a great point. Um, I'm going to circle back. You, you you posted something for for Veterans Day. I saw mm-hmm. a photo that you posted. Yeah, with you know, people much younger than us, you know, 18, 19 years old. You know, obviously storming the beach of Normandy, probably going yeah. on a suicide mission. And crazy. Those people, you know, at that point, um, people who were 18 years old couldn't vote. We're not allowed to vote yeah. at the time. That wasn't right. the voting age. So you have a whole cohort of people who have, you know, like sacrificed their life to for the ability for us as a country to have, at the end of the day, a democracy, which is free and fair elections. Right. And so when people say, well, what does it matter? Well, it kind of does. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost it. such an elitist and like like a s- jarring thing to say. It doesn't. I mean, go and talk to a military family and say, hey, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. No, it really does. And some things are bitter, bigger than just oh, tax cuts and like what's going to happen with my business. There are things that are bigger than that. There are things that are bigger than just our own personal finance and like what I like and what I, what I don't. There are people... Who, Many people who have literally laid, I mean, there's go, go to uh, a cemetery for any people that have laid down their life and tell those people, I like, it didn't matter. Right. You wouldn't have the guts to do it. So I think we do have to just take a pause and just think about that a little bit before those kind of, you know, statements are made. I know so many people today are such, so sensitive about like, oh, 
I saw something that referred to something or like, I don't like the cover of like a ketchup bottle or something because it, it, it just really offends them in some way. Okay. Like fair enough. Like if people feel okay, fair, fine. But when we say, Hey, um, I think we should just kind of have like an audit on the elections. Then they, it, it, then they think it's totally ridiculous. And it's like, well, that, that, that doesn't offend like all the military families that have laid down their life for this. Like, you know, so there is a little bit of a, of, of a strange thing there. And, you know, I've seen article after article on, in the mainstream media saying people who question the elections are questioning democracy and they're dangerous. That's not how good democracy works. Democracy works when people question things. Right. In other countries where people don't question the government, like and what they're doing, that's not a democracy. Democracy right. works where you did. Oh, can I have transparency? Can we have an audit? Can we have both sides look at it? It works because of checks and balances. The minute that people stop asking questions, dude, that is the exact opposite of like what, what a democracy is. And I think that's really dangerous. Um, yesterday, uh, um, remember, I don't know when people are going to listen to this, but Barack Obama came on television, had a little uh, um, interview. Okay. And Barack Obama said the biggest threat to democracy isn't election interference, whatever. He said the biggest threat to democracy is the internet. And what is he talking about? <laughs> the internet is a way for everyday people to have access to information that they're not getting through like the television and like national radio. So like, right. what is he talking about? Right. These things should bother every American. It, it really, so like, I, I think that it's just a strange question. I, I, we know people look at me funny, like, oh, what do you care, man? That's pretty. Like, I had someone say pretty. I mean, no offense, man, but like, dude, you're such a hardcore person that doesn't care about any of this stuff. Like what, what happened to you? I was like, no, dude you don't understand. I, I'm literally, I'm, I'm in front of you right now and I'm like, my heart's broken because I have grown up with such an image of the United States. I immigrated here and like, man, this is the first time I'm ever, ever going to say this, but I feel super disappointed. I don't know. Like if I work hard all day, like, does it matter? <laughs> like, will yeah. it matter? Right. Everything we talk about in the show, will it really matter if at the end of the day, the outcomes already decided? So this is a bigger picture thing. And I wanted right. to address that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly how I feel too. And, uh, you know, my buddy was the complete opposite and he's, you know, he's entitled to think what he wants, but, uh, at the end of the day, like if, if this election was somehow rigged or, or um, set up to, to go one way or the other before everybody voted, like we don't have a voice, you know what I mean? Like our, we went and voted, but they didn't count. You know what I mean? Like essentially our votes didn't matter because it was already preset. So if they could do something like that on such a, a large scale, like what else could could happen? You know what I mean? And that that's what I'm thinking about. Like what? Okay, so my business, like any taxes or anything that you mentioned a little bit ago, none of that really matters at the end of the day because there's something much bigger that could possibly happen. So anything that has to do with business or success or anything like that's that's out of the question because we, you know we don't know what will happen now, and that's that's what's scary. It's like I was telling my friend this the other day too when. Uh, you know, we were talking about some stocks and he's like, well, what if, what if the stock like goes down really hard because of whoever wins? And I was like, well, you know, if, if the market crashes that hard because of the outcome of the election, like we're probably going to have much bigger problems than just losing a little bit of money. Like there's going to be much bigger issues that, that we're not thinking about yet. Um, if it causes that big of a decline in the overall market, like there's going to be huge issues. So that's, I don't think people really understand to look at like, the overall big picture uh, of this situation. And they just say, Oh, who cares? It just, who cares who wins? You know, it doesn't matter, but it does. Um, like the situation matters. And I just don't think people are taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone watching this right now is saying, Oh, like I know people who just roll their eyes. The minute you say, Hey, there might be some like strange things happening with the election. They just roll. That's like, Oh dude, stop with that. That's so stupid. Don't just, if you think like that, just, just stop for a second. And, Literally think for yourself. Um, more than happy to there there is just go on like there is like objective places where you can see vote counts. And there is people, there's like 110% in like 30 plus counties. There's like people there's not people there's not that many people who voted. We've seen ballots being recounted, all of a sudden, like there's counties that totally flipped for Trump. There's, uh, there's one county in Michigan was like six thousand. They flip yeah. for Trump because they're like, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. And Georgia doing a hand count right now, which is a, it's a total sham what they're doing there. It's it's a shitty it's a shitty hand recount. It's it's not it's not right. But even then, they're still finding more. It's like, what do you mean, sorry? 
and it's weird because the only votes that they're seeing change are only all for, for, for Trump and for the Republicans. Yeah. And, you know, all these people that keep rolling their eyes, oh, this is so stupid, this is so stupid, this is so dumb. This affects you as well because one day, now that the mainstream media has says, we have full control, if you don't like us, we're going to dox you, we're going to shame you, we're going to fire you from your job, we're going to make your life living hell. Plus, we're also going to control what happens at the voting booth. We're fucked. Like we are, to- we have no power. This podcast assumes, and all the things that Sean and I talk about assumes one fundamental fact: that you are your maker in your own life. That if you work your ass off, you can succeed. There is a meritocracy in this country. I do not. I'm not raced, or I don't believe in like this privilege or that stuff. The only privilege I know about about is like working my fucking ass. I don't give a fuck about what race you're. I don't give a shit about that. But now I have to think about it. Right. I feel more worried, honestly, like I've never felt worried about being like a minority walking on the street. I feel more worried wearing a Trump hat on the street in Boston than I do about, I don't know what, like, so so there is a real problem. And I'm, and this is something to to really think about, man. And um, I I just feel so sorry for people, you know, sometimes they're rolling their eyes or because I I speak to business people here and there that are just like other parts of this, the work I do outside of supplement space. And they're just like, they just don't believe it. They think you're full of shit or you're just lying and you're making things up. And I'm like, I feel really sorry for you because you're so controlled by the mainstream media. Just look at the facts. Like I will show you the facts. They don't want to see it. Um, and and this, this bothers me on like so many levels. And I think, um, I will talk about it. I will talk about it on this ep- on this podcast and any anything I do. I will continue to talk about it because as long as I can before they shut me down and they shut us down, we will talk about it because, right. dude, we're fucked. Seriously yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the censorship too with, with people just speaking their minds on social media is, is just crazy right now. Like people that don't have a big following or anything like that, just friends I'm, you know, I know from uh, just my local town here post something that's their own opinion uh, about the election and it's flagged and taken down or, or their profile is, is in Facebook jail. Now it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that we can be censored to the point where we don't have a voice. We don't have a decision. We don't have power anymore. So it, it, you know, at the end of the day too, like Facebook is supposed to be a platform for communication. You can voice your opinions and whatnot. And it's, it's just really not at the end of the day when you look through everything um, because you know, they have the controlling power and, and like, uh, one of my buddies, Jeff Long, you may know him like a pro mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He got a warning that if he posted one more thing, he, his account shut down for thirty days. Was so he now he has to be quiet because he he generates a lot of business through his personal page. Right. He has a lot of followers on there. Right. So now he has to zip zip his mouth because he's afraid of what's going to happen. It's just crazy. So yeah. Uh, yeah, people are just not willing to to accept like that. There there is corruptness going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of this is lo- looking like a third world country, dude. It's crazy. I live in countries outside the states, and the, it, it really reminds me of a lot of other places. Like this is what happens: votes change overnight. They just like suppress the news. They say everyone who do, is not who doesn't believe has every political opponent gets like jailed or doxxed or fined. Yeah, your business gets taken away from you. You can't question anything. Like where are we going in this country? It's not very long ago, guys. Like we had a very different uh, world. Um, yeah. You know, we're talking about the 1930s and 40s. It wasn't very long ago. Our grandparents are still alive from that time. I, I'm right. from Europe. Like I know, I, we, I have family that went through that. So, like, what do you got? What, what are we doing here? Um, so, I, I don't know, man. I'm seriously worried. And um, yeah, I, I hope this doesn't. This, this. I, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end. Maybe there's people like us. There's a lot of people who have their own channels and they'll do things here and there, but. Dude, if they're getting into our voting booths, it's going to be tough, man. For sure. What are you going to do? Yeah, I, there's not much you can do, honestly. I mean, it, maybe somehow Trump does win and you know he brings some of these people down that are corrupt, but I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I wanted to quickly chat about it. And um, yeah. like I said, I, I will always chat about this because it's a very personal topic and uh, I will continue mentioning. But <laughs> to, to our truth bomb, man. Um, yeah. Let, let's let's dive into that a little bit, you know, with with the time we have. Um, um, you had something that you wanted to share about leadership and surrounding yourself with the right uh, right people. I wanted to hear from that about that man. Yeah. So real quick, just to give like some background info for the people listening, uh, you know how I came about this topic. So I saw an ad on Instagram the other day, and it basically it was, I think it was a digital marketing agency, but it was a guy that started supposedly started a seven figure e-com business and 
he scaled it by himself, like, you know, relatively quickly. And uh, it got me thinking about like the fake persona that is on Instagram and Facebook about entrepreneurship and um, how people just do it by themselves. And, and they're wildly successful without a team or anything like that. And I just find that really to be not the case. And uh, being an entrepreneur myself, obviously, pretty, I'm sure you feel the same way. I feel like it's almost an obligation for me to to point these things out to other people that are listening, maybe that are looking to start a business or get into entrepreneurship, and to tell them that you know typically this is this is not the case. If you scale or want to scale at large, you're going to need a team. You're going to need a good team in place um, to help you grow, and you're really only going to be as successful as your team is. And that's the truth bomb for today. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we, we, we've kind of prefaced this topic a lot, but you need the right, you need to surround yourself with people who are going to unleash that growth and see, you know, it doesn't always have to be that you need to have a business partner. It doesn't even have to be that you have like a mentor. It, it, you mean, there are people in your life, in your circle, it could be just a conversation you know, have a podcast together, maybe some conversation that we have sparked something that you could use in your business. So it could be all kinds of things. Um, and, and so, yeah, you need people to succeed. Um, your network is really, really important. I was actually giving a, a talk at a, um, a virtual talk uh, at a business school last week. And one of the things I was talking about, one, one person asked me is like, okay, how important is like your network? How do we do it during the coronavirus where like you can't meet people? And I was like, I always tell people like, you can grow to a certain degree, like totally by yourself sitting in your room, like with a website, you can get by and get some success, right. but to get the next level success, you need people. So th there is a cap on how much you can. And when we, when I and I'm not talking about, you need a co-founder, you could do it quote unquote alone, but right. you will need to tap into relationships. And so I think that people who are totally like, well, there's this entrepreneurial thing where you're like totally isolated in your room and like, just like never shave and just like working on a computer all day. Like it's fine, but like you are going to hit a roadblock. You need partnerships. You need relationships. Even you need a bank You need lending. You need all, you need to talk to people and people have to enjoy your company. <laughs> and that's like really underrated. People have this concept of like, you know, they watch like, um, I don't actually watch this movie, but um, about Steve Jobs, and he's apparently like a huge asshole. And like, it was like, oh, I'm going to yeah. be asshole. I was like, saw that. No, it's not going to work. Like, it, it, it's about being. You still have to cultivate relationships, and this is um, th this is something that we don't talk about a lot. I think with just like everything doing it by yourself, and the people who's trying to sell courses, dude, they just want to they want to tell you how easy and simple it is. Hey, guys. 45 minutes, you watch this course. This is a little algorithm I put on my Facebook ad and everything changes. I'm going to teach you what it is. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm talking about too. There, these people push this, like, like I said, this persona to, to reel people in to sell their courses or whatever it is. And, you know, it, the team is really what is going to take you to the next level or your employees or, or you know, um, anybody working for you. So there's a couple of points that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're a little bit different for you. Um, but as far as like how I think about this um, and what you should do as a business owner to, to really cultivate a good environment and, and really uh, get the most out of your employees and make them successful. Right. Um, number one is like the structure of your overall business as far as who's in charge or who's at the top. Um, are there managers below you? And then do they have people that they manage? And obviously that's going to be different for every company, but I think there needs to be uh, a very strict structure as far as, um, you know, what your employees or your employees should know exactly who to report to or, um, you know, who's in charge of what. So you're not overstepping boundaries and things like that. So I think that needs to be very clear starting at the top with the owner or, you know, whoever is the CEO or whatever, uh, and then work its way down. And that needs to be very clear. So I think that's my first point. Um, I don't know if you, if you have a, a comment on that. Yeah, it's really important. I think a lot of people don't like to be leaders because they, they're like, oh, am I being too bossy? I heard this a lot. I was like, am I, no, no, like people want to know what to do. Right. You have to tell yeah. them what to do. It's actually the worst thing. I've worked in companies where there's like the lead. I don't know who is the fucking leader. I don't know who to go to. Like, who who, who, who do I really report to? Because like, yeah, just on paper, you're the leader, but someone else really made a decision. What the fuck? It, it pisses me off. Like, I don't know what to do. So you're leaving everyone in the dark and people want to be led and there's nothing wrong with that. In every situation we want to be led. Dude, I went to the, um, went to the RMV, get my license. I'm standing there like, what do I do here? Just like, yeah. what the fuck do I go? Tell me what the fuck to do. I want to be led. I'm at the airport. 
We're forming a line. Where do I go? Which thing? I want to be led. It's not about people think if you want to be led, you're like some beta person. No. In every situation, we need leaders to step up. It could yeah. be the janitor. I'm going to take a piss. All of a sudden, there's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm just cleaning the top. I'm like, okay, can I come? He's going to tell me when I can come in. He's the leader. <laughs> now I'm waiting to be led. So like in the absence of leadership, there is crisis. And in business, there's absolute crisis. And we learn this when we do school projects. Like, hey, guys, let's all work project together. And like, no one wants to be like kind of the bossy person and telling them, hey, you do this, you do that, because you're kind of afraid being like this, the super aggressive person, be that person, because people need leadership. We need to be led in every situation. And we need to have some, some report to this is a big, big, big thing. I see this in a lot of companies where people just like they feel like it, they're going to offend someone by telling them what to do. It's like you're bossy. No you're doing the right thing for them. Because if they know who they report to, the chain of command is very clear. Things get very efficient and things get done. That's why in, in military, we have a very strict way of how leadership is like top down and very strict. If they do it there, why wouldn't you want to copy that in other places? Because they want right. to have an efficient machine, you know? So Yeah. And I think another point too, as far as like overall structure is that it, it eliminates, or I guess it, it minimizes the possibility of like micromanaging. So if, if people know what exactly they're supposed to do, um, you know, people can stay out of other people's way. So, you know, sometimes managers will over, overstep their, their boundaries and try to do too many things. Uh, and I'm just giving an example as far as a manager goes, but I, I think it's important to, to let other employees or people below you to take on their responsibility for their role and, and do their job. Um, and that's how they're going to learn and get better at it. So I think that also um, minimizes that. So I, I think that's another good point about the structure. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah, I don't want to have much to add to that because this is that that's a no brainer. So yeah. All right. So the the second point that I wanted to make was uh, like a clear cut vision and then a path for that vision. So, um, you know, when you bring new people on, we talked about this before in, in uh, I think a couple episodes ago. But as far as vetting goes, you need to have people with similar mindset, similar values that fit your company. Um, but I think it's very important to, uh, you know, have everybody on the same page as far as where you're going to go, both short term and long term, um, but and how you're going to get there. So you have the vision and then you have a path set out how you're going to get there. Um, and then, you know, everybody can follow suit. But I, I think that's very important. And, and it plays into the, the structure point that I made as well. But again, people want to be led. And I think just overall having a path of which way you want to go is very important. Yeah. You got to be specific. Like when you have a company, okay, what are you doing? Like, what's the end goal? So I, I, I mean, if this example, cause we live in a social age. So like, say I see a lot of CEOs, they're bringing in like social media people. And then the bosses, they want to see conversions. And then the social media person is like, oh, no, we're going for reach. We're going for impressions. And so very simple. And then the, the CEO was like, hey, what the fuck, man? Where, where are the sales? And the, the social media person was like, wait, I thought I was going to get a raise. Look at all these impressions. And the, the CEO was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't care about impressions. Where are the sales? And a social media person is like, well, I didn't know we were going for that total issue. Um, I actually, there's a lot of fights between social team design team and like the ceo because like the, the ceo cares about the bottom line the social team is doing something right like you've got That's to explain point. your vision all the time tell this person this is what this is the key kpi is one of my favorite words key performance indicators i actually do this with my team um even as of every single monday i'm like okay guys i have a document and I, we do a call at 10 in the morning i was like this is the kpi for this week this is how many sales we're going to hit this is how, what we need to do. And like um, your job, guys, is right now to just get us there and then report back to me by Wednesday, how far we've gotten, what do we need to do? And they know exactly where this is going. So we have short-term goals and long-term goals. I have a goal for every quarter, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. And then in every quarter, every week, I have a goal too. And we know what we're working towards in the small picture, but also the big picture. Am I creating a company as a cash flow business or am I going to exit? If I'm going to exit, the vision is totally different. My co-founder needs to know that. Like my, my employees need to know that so they can put things in place to sell the business. I mean, this is really, really important. Um, if you're leading your men, you need to tell them where they're going. <laughs> you can't like blindly lead them. Hey, we're going to go up the grass. Okay. But like, okay, what? if I'm telling someone, tell me, okay, we're going to go up the grass. I'm like, where? Like, what shoes should I bring? Like, should I bring a raincoat? I don't know, like, should I eat a lot? Or is it going to be like 10 minutes or 20 minutes? People are, you know what's going to happen? People are going to be unfucking prepared We all gone to parties where like, no one tells me what's going on at this fucking party. The other day I went to a birthday party for a friend. He's like, oh, we're going to meet up at this park. I was like, all right, cool. 
and they start playing a soccer game. I'm like, the fuck? Like, no one told me this. <laughs> I, I always were like, yeah, like, I'm like what the fuck? Yeah. So like, okay. And I started playing. We started, uh, I was like, what the fuck? People getting injured. People getting hurt. No one's yeah. prepared for this thing. What's going to happen? You have unprepared people because they don't know what they have to prepare for. You're going to lead a life of everyone being unprepared. They can't help you or serve you if you don't tell them what to do. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. But <laughs> that's kind of funny with the soccer thing. You show up in like dress shoes and suit. Oh, that's exactly how I showed up. I showed up in a dress shoes. I was like, oh, I thought we were going out. Because like we usually go out like to a nice place and all of a sudden I show up at this park. I thought we we're going to just meet there with the cars. It's like, oh, no, we're actually going to play a game of stars. I was like, what the fuck? And a lot of other people didn't get the memo either. So we all started playing and like, two guys get injured. Like it was a whole, it was actually a shit show. I had a lot of fun, but it was a total shit show. Yeah. Um, I had to be brought out in a stretcher and I was like, what the fuck? This is what happens actually in businesses all the time. People have no clue what's going on. Like, where are they going? They know what they're doing in the next hour, but they have no big picture, you know? So, right. Yeah. And just to play off that point too, it, you know, being prepared obviously instills confidence too. So you're prepared, you're most likely going to perform better. So you're more confident at it. And um, overall, it's just, it's just going to help everybody. So um, yeah, I think, I think that's a great point that you made. Um, the last point I really wanted to touch on real quick is I, so personally, I haven't really done this too much yet because I don't think I'm really at that point as far as like the growth in my company. So maybe you could kind of elaborate on this part, but I think it is uh, a crucial once you you get to that size, and it's it's really a valuation um, of employees from top to bottom in your in your company. I don't know if you necessarily do that or if you have a certain way to to judge performance, um, but I think it, it's definitely something that can be utilized and kind of shift the way you do things. You know, depending on who's performing and who's not. So I kind of wanted to get your take on that. If, if you know, you have that with your businesses. Yeah, I do it all the time. Um, I do one every quarter and mid quarter. Okay. And I do it all the time. We do like a, uh, I set up a call with everyone. I do it as if I do it my other businesses. And basically what mm -hmm. we do is for example, it as because it's easier to measure. Um, we have goals that we have to hit. So for example, um, I got John who's responsible for infrastructure stuff. Basically at the end of the day, I'm responsible for sales. Someone does the ambassador program. Someone does X. And then basically we set targets at the beginning of the quarter and I, do, I don't set the targets for them. I'm like, you give me, let's go on a call first on Monday. I'm like, what, what targets are you going to hit? So now it's on them because I, I don't, I never come up with the targets because they're like, okay, I'm going to get like, I don't know. It's like, I'm going to make $50,000 $50, in sales this month just from, from the brand ambassador program. Okay. I was like, are you sure about that? Like, yes. I'm like, okay, what tools do you need to succeed? Tell me everything you need. I need this budget ready. Okay. I'm like, all right, let's earmark it. So I give them a budget of like, whatever. Then at the end of the quarter, I'm like, I only make it about numbers because honestly, otherwise it becomes subjective and like people think you don't like them. It's my hair. It's my... No, it's about numbers. Right. And then we investigate and like, the, the, I'm not like, oh, dude, you suck. Get the fuck out of here. And when they don't meet the target, I'm like, okay, man, what happened? Why did... And, and, and unless we have an answer, I was like, we can't continue. So like, tell me what happened. Like, why did we not meet the targets? And like, what specific thing are we going to do to solve that? And if we don't, if we can't come up with those two answers, we will not continue. So just wait. And I've had people who are just like, hey, let's hold off on the payroll. Just hold off for a bit. And then you come with the answer and then we can, but they know it's coming. So like people right. know that we hold the held accountable, but I always do a review like all the time because it's important because otherwise, dude, life, we were just talking about the beginning of the episode, dude. We start, I don't know, dude, when did we start uh, recording? Like in the summer, June? May? Yeah, I don't remember. Like yeah, well, yeah, dude. It's fucking November. November. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking November, dude. What the fuck? That's that's like two, three quarters gone like that, dude. If you're not doing if you're not like thinking about it, you know, it's just like it's just it's it's you need time to think and like assess. And and I'm actually gonna say one thing too. I'm um, quick, this is a whole different side note. Put away your fucking phone. Uh, for everyone. Like put it away a little bit in your day. Nothing's gonna happen. No one's gonna hurt, hit you up. You're gonna be okay. And because if you put away your phone and you're away from it a little bit, it gives you time to think. Um, if you're not thinking, how can you know what the fuck you're doing? You got to think. If you want to come with big strategy that's going to change your business or your life, you're going to have to think. You have to use your brain. That's why you have it. But if you're constantly glued to something, uh, people eating phone, it's, it's like, dude, just hold off from it. It's just two hours a day. Dude, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. I do this every morning. I wake up. I don't check my phone for two hours. I wake up usually at 4.30 until 6.30. I usually don't check my phone. It's the best thing ever. So the rest of the I'm plugged in, dude. But like, otherwise I don't, you know? So yeah, I, that's just I, a side note. I'm I'm sure that too, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's tough sometimes, but oh, I, know. Yeah, I definitely yeah. try not to hop right on it um, just to clear my mind a little bit. But yeah. um, as far as that point goes, so uh, I, I saw a couple stats on uh, a couple different websites that did, did surveys on this basically. And uh, 
it was this this stat's crazy. So 97% of the workers that were um, surveyed said that lack of alignment with a company has a negative impact on the you know the outcome. So you know if they're not led the correct way, they don't have a clear path. Um, if you're not on the same page with your team, 97% of them think that they're going to do a shitty job, and that's what's going to happen. So that that's like a crazy number to me because pretty much everybody said that you have to have that. So if you don't, as a business owner, you're you're really fucking up, and and that's what I take that status. Yeah. I mean, isn't that also, Sean, isn't that the reason why most relationships generally fail? <laughs> People are just yeah. not aligned where they're both going. Yeah. One person wants to go A, right. other person wants to go B. I'm like, like what the fuck? Yeah. This, this can, and I've, I've said this in an, in an episode. This can be solved with a, with a conversation, a text message, a call. Like, you can solve this. You just got to tell people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, continue, man. You have some uh, other, another stat? Yeah. So uh, the other one I saw was 86% of employees cite lack of collaboration or ineffective communication for failure. So again, pretty similar, but as far as like communication goes um, from top to bottom, you know, if there, if there's not really good communication th- uh, from the business owner, CEO down to the managers or whoever, um, most likely, you know, it shit's not going to work out. Um, that was another stat they had. And then the third one, um, so this is a little bit different and this was like collaboration. So collaboration between, uh, either different teams within your company, or maybe just certain employees, if you're not that big and have separate teams, but it said employees who collaborated 87% of the time had more efficient, uh, had a more efficient work schedule. So collaboration between different departments, I guess, or different positions in your company, like maybe bouncing ideas off each other. Um, really was beneficial to the outcome of what they were doing. Yeah, dude, this, uh, this, uh, this is why I love entrepreneurial this podcast too, because like, this is honestly like any relationship in life. <laughs> it's not, yep. It could be a dating coach, man, saying this, uh, the same thing. It, you, you need to involve people. So like every time, if you people have taken a project management class, you know the word stakeholders. Like every time you have a business, you have a stakeholders involved in your business. And like the best thing you can do, if you want to avoid fights, conflicts, problems, you need to involve them in the process because one of the hardest things as a boss, unless you got to let people go, you got to fire them, but they have to understand why, or they're going to be bitter. So like you right. need to tell them what's going on. So one of the things, for example, in my business, what I do, I have a, a two, two X rule, which basically means that however much I'm paying you, you got to bring twice amount of money, business money into the business. So if I'm bringing you, paying you hundred grand, you got to bring in 200 grand, if I'm paying you 300 grand, you got to bring 600 grand, vice versa. So it's a very clear cut and, when things are not going well, I tell them immediately. I'm like, hey, man, you know, the sales have been not doing well. Like, what's going on? Like, wh- how can we do it? And I'm like, dude, I want to show you. Like, this is what, how, our, how our total finances look like. They're not good. So, like, right. this is my problem. Because, like, when they understand that they're not bringing money into the company, like, what the problem is or, like, how it's affecting things on a macro level, they'll get it. But if like, you keep people outside of it, and you're like, I'm not going to tell you about it. And one day you're like, hey, man, sorry, bro. We got, we got big cuts coming up. You got to go. Dude. It's it's just a bad thing because now they're going to be bitter, which is fine. Sometimes in life that's going to happen, but a lot of times your employees will want to stick with you. Like you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll stay here. We'll work with you because I get it. I get the problem you're in, and you can actually avoid a lot of problems too because they can see what's going on. Like in my business, for the most part, all the top people have access to the bank account. They can all see how much money we're making. I don't hide yeah. that because I'm like, guys, this is your this is our business. If the business isn't well, your job's gone. So like I make that system transparent. Very important. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it, that's pretty interesting, though. See, letting everybody see the bank account. I mean, oh, yeah. that's I do it kind all of a good idea, though. Business. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean yeah. they have to go and be, be able to like withdraw money from it, but they can see it. Right. Make, yeah, and actually, even for like as a for example, I do a screenshot of all of our sales. I do it every night. I just send it to our Slack channel of like everyone who works, like even the people who like do our graphic, like at the lowest level yeah. or the starting level. Everyone knows, and like what, like I want them to know how many sales we're making every single night at three a.m. in the morning. I do I, before. I, I, I know I. I plug the uh, pull the plug i send that screenshot so they all know and then they all feel the heat because otherwise people don't know what's going on in the company you know i've heard that my friends working at big um you know big firms all the time and they're like oh i didn't even know we were going through they were oh we're going through a cut it was like when how they have no idea that this is happening even <laughs> the worst are the companies that pretend everything is going well because i get it because they're publicly listed they want to they're afraid yeah. And right. yeah, that's a whole another problem, but you need to be transparent with your employees and, and with, with your team and your colleagues. Very important. Yeah, I agreed for sure. So the last thing as far as collaboration goes, so I guess um, working together as far as different departments or, or um, 
you know, getting opinions from different employees on a certain topic. Uh, this year, the global workforce, 35% of the global workforce is millennials. And 80% of those millennials like collaborations. So essentially, the workforce right now is it's shifting towards millennials and the older generations are now retiring and moving on or, or whatever. So as a business owner, you need to understand that and adjust the way you do things to fit the majority of the workforce. So that's what millennials like to do. That's what we like to do. So as a business owner, you need to understand that. And I think uh, especially with, uh, I, for example, like my dad, he's, uh, I think he's 54. So he's, he's more of an old school guy, construction, uh, landscape company. He's not doing that with this company. That's just how he is. I mean, he, right. he's very old school, but if, if he wants to keep growing and, and be successful that way, a lot of his, uh, you know, laborers and the lower pay guys are, are young people. So um, I think it's important to, to know that maybe not generally in that type of business, but if you're, you know, older as a CEO or a business owner, that's something to take note of. You need to know these, you know, sort of trends to, to really make the workplace uh, the best it can be for your employees. Yeah. I, uh, I, I couldn't uh, agree more on that. I'm just going to quickly halt because uh, it says my storage is full. Give me one second. I'm just going to do something. That's the trick. Yep. All right, we can pick right up. You know what? This is actually um, what what this is. Honestly, man, it's also about like adapting, right? So, I think like um, working with your team is one thing, but like as the climate changes and like things change in business, you're gonna have to adapt about how people want to collaborate. And we've seen a lot of changes, dude. Like. I remember like four or five years ago, like six, seven years ago, and we talked about this, like when, when like the whole Google and Silicon Valley was just like, well, they were at their peak at the time, but like they have changed the way like work is done, right? You mm -hmm. have like, uh, I don't know if you've been into, you know, a lot of uh, corporate office. I don't know if like, like that in Ohio, but like in Boston, for example, you go to corporate offices, you have no fucking desk, dude. <laughs> you change desks every day. There's no offices. Like even at the big places here in Boston, it's like, the boss is just sitting like on a fucking like cubicle with like everyone else. And there's like, yeah. that's just how they work. Right. And so that's changed. I think we're going to change, see a pendulum shift a little bit more and then it's going to go back and forth, but you know, companies have to evolve. And like, that's a big part of it, like collaboration with team and like the, the ways of what people find to be effective communication is going to, is going to evolve. And I think adaptation with that is also key. So people ask, what's the right leadership style? What's the right communication style? It's like, there are certain tenets that are important. Communication is important. Collaborating is important. Leading your team is important. But how you do it, the nuances are, are going to depend on like what generation you're in. Because it, it, it totally changes, man. I know there was a crisis for a while and people didn't know how to deal with millennials. They're like, are they fucking lazy? Or are they super motivated? Like, what, what are they What are they really about? And people like don't know what to do with like millennials. And now I think they're lazy. Now it's like, oh, they actually want to, they work too much. I don't know. It's like, I don't even know what it is today. So, yeah. And especially now too, I, obviously with the pandemic, with, uh, you know, Zoom taking over and people working remote, I mean, obviously that's a big change too. You know what I mean? So uh, a lot of companies might not go back to traditional uh, yeah. workplaces. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's more cost effective to have people stay the fuck home. 
know what I mean? I don't so, know how I feel about that though, dude. Like I, 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 I don't I, either. Yeah. I have businesses that are remote and it's just like, it's tough, dude. Like you need that in person sitting in an office. Like I just look yeah. at like productivity, how much we can get done. Even now, for example, like as most of my team is like, we're at a point where we're just like, it started off as like a very small thing, like bringing in a good amount of cash flow. And now at this point, it's just like, we're shipping pallets and stuff. And at that point, like we need people are like with us all the time. And like, I, you know, when you want to reach someone, it's like, hey, man, are you available for a quick call? And like, just the fact that I got to say that and got to wait for a fucking response, dude, yeah. it, it's a fucking nightmare. So like, whereas yeah. in my office, I can just walk into your office. I know you're working because from right. you know eight in the morning to like, I don't know, nine or 10 at night, we're, we're all in the office. So mm-hmm. I just feel like productivity. I don't know, man. I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's good that you don't have to drive and no commute, but... I don't know, man. I feel like businesses would have figured it out earlier on that if this was more pro- productive, they wouldn't have to spend like millions on like lease <laughs> leases at like expensive yeah. buildings, you know? So I don't know how yeah. I feel about it. I don't like it personally. I think it depends on the industry too. I mean, it depends as far as like what, what your workday entails, I guess. Um, because I know uh, a couple of people that are now working from home and remote where they used to drive into an office, but they were, they're kind of like a, an HR, like headhunter type job so you know obviously they can do that from home as well because most of their day was spent on the phone and on the computer anyway so i think it depends on the industry as well but i agree with you i'm not a fan of uh remote stuff at all yeah, I, I, I like I you gotta leave your house too you gotta leave your house bro you gotta fucking shower yeah. leave your house i don't something like i go on these zoom calls i know with my team like other people it's like what the fuck is going on here like i <laughs> dress yeah. up get your shit together and it just yeah. like just the act of like going to work Dude, it's something to celebrate. Like, just like if you roll out of bed and immediately go on your desk and start working, dude, I never do that. I have like, yeah, you know, where I live is a residential building, but I have offices here that I own and I, and I don't do work where I sleep. I just like don't do that. It's just like the worst thing. I, I personally think it's a shitty thing. I know people that are working on their bed uh, these days. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it's, it's a total disaster. But uh, dude, these are yeah. some really good topics to really bring up because like the, the, the scene is changing. Um, the way we lead is changing too. And I think people have to get with times and like really understand is like, what do your, you know, what do your workers really need? And we talk about, for example, as leaders, we're trying to always motivate people and like people think, okay, this person's not motivate them, motivated. I got to motivate them. That's wrong. Fuck that. Right. Your goal is to motivate the people who are already motivated and not do things that will demotivate the motivated people. You know what I mean? <laughs> sense? Like don't yeah. fuck it up. I know people who like, there's a super motivated guy or girl work coming into the work and they say are so so shitty with them that they demotivate them now you're fucked right so your goal is to not demotivate the motivated people and keep them motivated keep that fire going keep that fire stoking the people who are just coming in who have low motivation they don't want to come to work they just like dare to make the money and spend it all on fridays i don't i i I don't i don't bother with them dude yeah yeah i mean it's it's hard to to turn somebody into uh, like I guess when they're already a no, you know what I mean? They're you, you can't switch somebody's mindset like that. If that's how they're going to be, it's it's not even worth their time. Focus on people that that are willing uh, to put the work in. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, with this topic, I I just wanted to 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 kind of go in depth about it. And uh, you know, like I said at the beginning of the, the show, here is I think it's I have a personal obligation to to let other people know that are interested in entrepreneurship and owning a business that you know the stuff you see and the shit you see on social media is is most of the time it's bullshit and um, you'll figure that out once you get into the game that you know once you get to a certain point you know your most important asset is people and the people that that work around you and with you so um, you're not going to do this alone if you want to get to any kind of great success. You, you know, you're going to have to have the right people in place to to get you there. Yeah. Um, and some people, you know, listening, they might say, I don't know, man. I, I have a buddy who says, listen to what I say. It's like, oh, it's just not relevant to me, man, right now. It's just like way too small. I'm like, then change it. There, get You want to be get to a level where you have many people that work with you or for you. Like, that's the goal of this game. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I always say this, there's, you know, there's no nobility in being a small business. Like it's a good thing. I'm very proud of small business. I think they're great. They are the engine of our country. But like, if you have the opportunity not to be one, why would you? So have the goal of like, I want to do something that I hear about on TV. I want to do a merger. I want to buy other, I I hope I want to see LuntraFit buy other e-com businesses. I want you to buy all fucking, all of them, swallow them. Like, why not? Like, think about how to make that happen. Because if you just stay in like your store and like your own e-com store and like, you know, there's, there's going to be cap of growth. So you're going to think about, okay, what do the big, big companies do when they 
when they like, oh, how do I grow more? How do I grow more? Can I innovate more? Maybe at some point there's not there's not more brand ambassadors you can get. There's no more Facebook ads you can buy. Right. You need yeah. people. So like, what do you do? You swallow up another company. You buy that company. You take it over. You're like, hey, can I buy you? Or you're going bankrupt? Let me buy. Like, think bigger. Um, and right. like, that's always one thing that I've always said. And it's like one of the you know, one of the recipes I've seen in my own life for growing really quickly for a lot of things I've acquired my way through just like a lot of businesses. And my goal is like, I don't want to be small all my life. Like, that's not the point of this. My goal is not to be a comfortable small business. So you got to have that mindset that, oh, you know what these guys are talking about? Like, I, I can't relate to this, but my goal is that I, I'm going to take notes now because I'm going to relate to this one day. And that's the goal. There should be that hunger and the drive to 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 do that. So, um, because I get this a lot sometimes, where people are like, "Hey, I love your show, but like it's not relevant to me." I was like, "Well, then make it relevant to you. Make it your goal to be relevant." You know what I'm saying? So, I think mm-hmm. that's just like, something I really wanted to, to to share because I think it gets missed because people feel like, "Ah, oh, you know, I'm too small. I'm just starting out, dude." Like you, you're you have to get there. <laughs> you have to get yeah. there. You know? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you said. Um, like the small business part, like, why do you want to be a small business? Like, yeah, it's cool to have one, but like you want to grow. Like it, it genuinely pisses me off when somebody's like, oh, you own a small business. Like, fuck that. No, like I'm, I'm growing. Like I want to be big, dude. Like I don't like yeah. the term small business Good. at all. Good. Like some su- like support local support. So I'm like, no, yeah. dude, no. I, I don't yeah. want that. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. I love that you say that because a lot yeah. of people like they, they, they embrace that label so much, you know, you know, you get like almost like attached to a label of like, almost kind of be like the little guy, like the opposition, um, yeah. you kind of thrive in that. I feel like actually I'm going to bring back the policy. I think like the GOP kind of loves that l- brand. They don't want to be the ruling party. They want to just be like the party that gets bashed all the time. So they, when they're in power, they all oh, no fuck. We don't want that. They're not going to fight for the election results. They don't, they don't want that. Do you think they, the GOP is fighting for Trump to win? No, they want to be like the people on like the opposition so they can just make a lot of noise, but not, they don't want to fucking govern. The GOP doesn't want to fucking govern. Let's be honest. They don't. Otherwise, otherwise they would fight, fight tooth and nail for this election if it was the democrats they would have fucking fought tooth and nail to get every vote oh, yeah. gop is not sure. so don't embrace a label of being small like your identity should never be a victim um, identity i've always said this you know sometimes i get like messages we want to recognize like minority leaders i was like no i don't want please don't do that i never want to be ever fucking known as like the first indian american fuck that i would be so pissed i do not want i don't want any i don't want nothing to do with that i want to be the first to know as like building a large business never been done before done doing something awesome amazing i don't want any labels attached to that about like your race nationality it's retarded shit fuck that yeah. so mm-hmm. I, I think like when it comes to small business and local there's even like a little uh, thing on instagram like local i, I get it i think it's really cool yeah, a little circle. but yeah. but but don't don't if you have the opportunity to some people don't have the opportunity to they they don't have the means but if you do if you're a young person and you have the means to grow don't don't embrace that label just because it gives you like a little, you know, a little brownie points at some fucking conference or like a diversity program. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I know this is going to get people pissed, but this is totally true, man. That's how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, it's starting out too, like I can see to where, because I, I did it when I first started, like that you need to wear multiple hats in your business. Yeah. Like you just don't have the means to to hire people or maybe outsource work and you have to do a lot of the stuff yourself. And I, and I totally get that, but it's like, at some point, like you need to realize like you need people and that that's really what's going to take you to the next level. So um, that's, you know, that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I I think that a lot of people listening are going to get some good value out of this one. Yeah, hundred percent. One of the next episodes, we're going to actually build on this a little bit because I want to talk about like the mindset it's needed for growth, like spending money. You're going to have to invest. You're going to have to be able to willing to like not save every penny. You're going to have to actually go through a transformative um, mindset where like you can't be a saver or hoarder. You're like, okay, there's too much money in my bank account right now. Like, why am I not investing in it? (laughs) It's a totally different. If I see like too much money in my bank account, I get worried. I'm like, I call my CMO. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, why why is there so much money in this bank account? Why is it not out on the street? Why are we not acquiring things? Why are, what's going on? So this takes a whole different mindset, um, Mm -hmm. which we're not raised with at all, like at all. Um, so we're, sure. we'll talk about this in the next few episodes, man. I think it's going to help people to to break that barrier, especially as we're getting closer to the, to the new year. I know it's been a, a strange year. People set resolutions, but you know, before you go out and set your resolutions for what 2021 is going to do for you, guys, 2020 is not over. You got 40 plus days left. Like make the most out of it. Like fucking make the most out of it. Like talk to Sean, talk to me, DM us. Like I'm stuck. I need help with this. 
there's still 40 days left. I know people who are making their resolutions. I'm like, there's 40 days left. We're not even fucking December. You're making resolutions. What about this month, bro? This is a problem. So again, that's, I guess, how I want to conclude. And we're going to have more episodes, man, before the end of the year. And hopefully we can light a fire in people's asses to get, to get some, some shit done, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds awesome, man. And, uh, you know, real quick before we go to it, as far as the 40 days left of the year, it, it, it like boggles my mind that people think like 2020, I agree. 2020 sucks. Like just in general, it's been a shitty year, yeah. but it's also a year of great opportunity for those that are willing to, to push forward when most people are kicking back because there's just not shit going on this year. So it, it's a great opportunity that you missed if you didn't take advantage of it. So you need to, you need to think differently. You need, you know, you need to approach situations, you know, whether it's a whole year or just a couple months uh, differently. And there's always, there's always money to be made, no matter what the market is, no matter what's going on, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for improvement and seize it, seize the day. You know, people say, I just, if I just had more time, I'm like, but there is no more time. Like when it's 12 o'clock at midnight, it's over guys. Like (laughs) when the bell goes off at 12, like it's over like that. You cannot get more time. There's not, it's not humanly, like it's not possible. As long as we're alive, we cannot get more time. In this world, we cannot get more time. At 12 o'clock, day's over. And then you got to see, what did I do today? And it's over. It's not coming back. So there's no such thing as buying more time. It's just you got to do it today. So um, I think we have more than 40 days left. It's the the 18th, I see. So (laughs) it's a little bit more than 40 days. So there is a lot of fucking time. What you can do in 40 days? Dude, we know with training, dude, if you have like six weeks, you can get a pretty fucking badass physique, dude. Dieting for six weeks. I died for shows. It's taking about 24 weeks to get like in, in contest shape. But at six weeks, I'm a fourth there, dude. I look pretty good at that point. You know, you can shed three, four, five percent body fat. So that's a lot you can do. So so do it today. I don't want to hear about like resolutions for next year until it's midnight, you know, December 31st. I don't want to hear about it because it's like, right. why are you not doing it today? Yeah. All right, man. This was a, a good episode for sure, man. I'm looking forward to uh, building off this topic and uh coming back with a couple more uh, killer episodes. Awesome, man. I am going to sign off from here, um, heading to uh, one other uh, later meeting. But yeah, it's great, man. Great chatting with you as always. Um, For people that are listening on iTunes, we actually are officially on Spotify as of today. That's great. And we're also on uh, Google Music. So if you have an Android, you're like, man, I don't fucking have... I have an Android. I'm not an an iPhone guy. So... (laughs) You know, you're always like people like giving me iTunes links, and I don't have fucking iTunes in my phone, right? So like, it just doesn't exist. So you go on um, Google Music, you go on Spotify, and Google Music is great. You can literally look it up, and it shows up on your, if you're a Google phone, it shows up there. All the Truth Bomb episodes are there live right now, um, and there's ones already now scheduled back to back to back uh, for the until the end of the year. We're doing two episodes right now. They're all scheduled. They're all there, ready for you to listen. The next, so we're, we're going to have them the beginning of the week and at the end of the week. You're going to have two episodes up until December 31st. So super exciting stuff, and that's you know our promise to over deliver and give you guys something to uh, look forward to, but also to uh, make improvements, man. So good chatting with you as always, Sean, and uh, we're signing off from here, man. Cool. All right, man. Looking forward to next week. Have a good one, brother.